generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. First Chronicles 29 from verse 11. Let's read together 11 to 13 at the count of 3 to 1. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come of thee, and thou reignest over all, and in thine hand is power and might, and in thine hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. Now, therefore, our Lord, our God, we thank thee and praise. Now, when I mention, can you go back to verse 11? When I mention anything and you want, just say I want. Right? Do we have a deal? Do we have a deal? All right. So, go back to verse 11. Oh, Lord. You don't want Lord. You want the greatness, but you don't want the Lord. <laughs> the Lord of the greatness. All right. Oh, Lord. Well, let's start. Thine. Oh, Lord. Greatness. Power. Glory. Victory. Majesty. Heaven, earth, kingdom, exaltation, headship, above all, riches, honor, reigning, power, might, greatness, strength. Give God praise. These are things that people run after, things that people crave, things that people desire. Black, white, tall, short, somewhere in between, lepa or a ball. Long hair, no hair, short hair, smart, unintelligent, not so smart. Wanna be smart, feeling smart. People want these things. But the word says that these things come from you. Riches and honor come from you. God. Greatness comes from God. Genesis 12, God appears to Abraham and says, I will make you great. Now what happens to a lot of us is that we're trying to seek greatness without fellowshipping with the God of all greatness. And if God says, I will make you great, it's like somebody saying, I'm going to make your hair. The questions or the issue is, I can't make your hair in your absence. You don't give somebody your head, please. Yeah. Take my head to the shop. Go and help me plant it. So when God says, I will make you great, you have to be present in the process. You've got to be present in the process. Because God didn't even say, I will give you greatness. Don't forget, for the believer, greatness is not something you attain. It's something you unveil. It is something. Say, greatness is God's idea of you. 
Christ in you. The hope of glory makes you great. Has nothing to do with your bank account. Your bank account can respond to it in the process of time. But Noah didn't have an ATM card yet to build the ark. Adam didn't have HSBC, Barclays, Halifax, JP Morgan. It's like, ah, those are human beings. Okay. GT Bank, ST Bank. Is this the Lester Bank? Standard Bank. Even Colo, he did not have. Who remembers what Kolo is? No, Kolo is not like when you Toros. Okay, okay, playing football. And you remember that stuff? You guys didn't do Toros. Like when the ball goes between somebody's legs. (laughs) Adam didn't have that, but he was the greatest man on earth. (laughs) Because he was the only man. But that's not why. He was great, even in the absence of people. And some of us think that I need to be popular to be great. You don't have to be popular to be great. You need to be on purpose to be great. And there are some people's purpose that does not require popularity. In fact, for certain people, popularity will damage your purpose. <laughs> for certain people. Jeff is in the house this morning. It's good to see you, Jeff. And Japheth has a single out called Waiting. So, all these things come from God. We've examined three dimensions of God's greatness so far. Number one dimension is what? His person. That God is a great person. Number two is power. God has great. Number three, position. God has a great position. The next dimension of God's greatness is possessions. God is great and his greatness is made manifest in his possessions. How many of you remember that man who was popular and well known when you were growing up? He was the richest man in your neighborhood because he had the Mercedes Benz 230. Do you remember that? For some of you, that was your dad. It was a testimony. Mercedes Benz, 230. Some of you went to your friends' houses and you saw color television for the first time. Oh, come on. Some of you don't want to own up to that. They're like, no, I was born in a television. You had black and white TV for some of you and you had to use filters to color it. So remember the Lucas at nylon? You go and paste it on there so that it has some tints. Some of you have no idea what that is. Because, you know, all of us, some of you think all of us were born in the 80s and 90s. Some people were born 2005 and they're in this place right now. Like 2005, like I was right down in secondary school. That's when somebody was born. And some of you went to those houses and you saw fish in the aquarium. (laughs) Took your breath away. Like fish inside somebody's house. The challenge was that some of you, you took the fish out and fried. (laughs) But in your mind, it was mind-blowing. Because you grew up in a house where you entered the house and you were in all of the house. 
As you entered, you have arrived. Two steps to your right, toilet. Three steps to your left, sitting room. Step where you are, bedroom. And then you went to this person's house and the first thing was that they actually had a compound. Like space. There's not like three or four cars, 504, 505, Volvo, and all of that. They said, wait, I'll go and call someone. And they call somebody at the gate. You're like, there's telephone at the gate. This is before GSM. GSM. Then you walked in and you waited. And for the first time in your mind, your mind was blown by a picture that was different from what you grew up in. Can I propose to you yesterday? Can I propose to you that many of you are living in the bungalow of your reality instead of existing in the skyscrapers of God's dreams? And so your experience is contained, or rather, you are allowing the promises of God to be contained in your experiences instead of allowing God blow your mind. Somebody said, blow my mind, Jesus. Some of you didn't say it loud. Say, blow my mind, Jesus. God says, or here the writer says, that with you are riches and honor. The deal is not the riches and the honor. The deal is with God. Because if my focus is on God, my attention is on God, all the riches and all the honor I need will locate me. God is not a small God trying to make ends meet, rubbing a dime and a dollar together, trying to beg banks to come together as a consortium to be able to fund his dreams and galvanize his goals and make things happen for you. Can I announce to somebody that God has never taken any loan? And it's not just this writer saying it, but God says it in Haggai chapter 2, 8 to 9. Haggai chapter 2, 8 to 9. God says, the silver is mine. And the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. Now, I know that so many people are so spiritual and they go like, well, what God really meant was that the glory of the latter house, the glory of the spirit, the indwelling spirit of God on the inside of us, yes, that that glory will be greater than that of the, of the former. What was the glory of the former? The pillar of cloud by day, the pillar of fire by night, and the Holy Spirit will come upon them every now and again. But he's talking literally of a physical experience. That's why I spoke about gold and silver. He's literally saying that the temple that will come after this will be more glorious than the physical one. And the temple that came after this, look at all the temples that God built or all the meeting spaces that men built on God's behalf, if you will. Solomon, Moses' tabernacle or Moses' tent and tabernacle was inferior to Solomon's temple. Solomon's temple is inferior to the temple that you are. Look at the logic of God and the process of God. How was the tent or the tabernacle of Moses financed? How? Did Moses borrow money for it? Did Moses plead for it? Did Moses get embarrassed for it? Stop embarrassing yourself to get what is already yours. They 
were in the wilderness, the conditions were not favorable. The terms were not favorable. And guess what? Moses made a call and they brought the loot of Egypt to build the tabernacle of worship. Can I announce to somebody that that calling, that goal, that assignment, that album, that book, that project, that mandate upon your life, you're not going to beg for it. You're not going to borrow for it. You're not going to scheme, scam, manipulate for it. God is going to position you and align you on the pathway of divine creativity and obedience. And the things will begin to look for you. If you don't believe it, say nothing. If you believe it, shout out, receive it. So what was this tabernacle? What was it doing? Just obeying God. Where was the wall from? From Egypt. How about Solomon's temple? Solomon built the temple, but who gave the first down payment for it? I am, pardon? Who? David! David was not the person who built it. I'm trying to show you the pattern of God. That God always wants you to enter into rest. Oh, yeah. That's what she taught yesterday and I didn't know. We didn't discuss her notes. God wants you to enter into rest. Why didn't God just give Adam bare land? Adam was intelligent. Adam was smart. He was like God. <laughs> so God could have given land. So okay, now you're smart enough, cultivate it. He entered into a well-grown garden. Already finished. Some of you, what you're praying and worrying yourself over, God wants me to remind you it's already finished. You need faith to enter into this. It's already finished. Why? Because your life is not about your life. So God wants to sort your own issues so that you will not be distracted by your personal needs. Oh my God. You have an assignment too. Why would Adam groom a garden when he could just take care of a little patch and stay there because his life was not about his life. And it was going to have children that will grow. The reason why many people in this place have to become financially empowered, economically enriched, is not so you can buy a Bentley or a Maybach or a Bugatti. It's so that you can develop transportation systems in your community where the buses are already paid for by you. Oh, nobody heard that one. But you need money. The temple required money. Jesus' upkeep in Egypt required and many of us, although we think about we think about silver and gold, but this is what God said. He has said, the silver and the gold are mine. The glory of the Lord house shall be greater than the, than the former, says the Lord. And in this place I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. Genesis chapter 14. Genesis chapter 14, 18 to 20. Genesis 14, 18 to 20. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God Most High. We spoke about Most High in first service. And he blessed Abraham and said, Blessed be Abraham of God Most High. And then he calls God possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God Most High, 
who has delivered your enemies into your hand and he gave him a tithe of all. In other words, Abraham gave Melchizedek a tithe of all, a commitment, an acknowledgement of the promise and the prophecy. Now you understand in this house, we understand that tithing is not an ordinance that runs through the whole Bible, but it's not a bad thing for you to do if you choose that. The issue is God doesn't even want to argue over 10%. Why? Because everything you own belongs to him. And so if you're arguing over 10%, you might need to check your heart. You might need to check your heart because those who were in the ordinance of goats and bulls, whose sins were covered, not removed, covered, give 10%. Now your sins are forgiven, <laughs> blotted out. So you can't hang it. But that's not the point here. The point here is that this guy says, Melchizedek, king of Salem, bread and wine, was priest of the most high God. And he blessed Abraham and said, Blessed be Abraham of the most high God. God is not just most high. He wants to be your most high. Because Abraham is identified with God. And it says that God is the possessor of heaven and earth. Why would your father possess heaven and earth and you're crying over something that already belongs to you? What's heaven and earth? What's in the earth? Gold is in the earth. What's in the earth? Silver is in the earth. What's in the earth? Platinum is in the earth. What's in the earth? Bauxite is in the earth. Aluminum is in the earth. Iron is in the earth. Doors are in the earth. Wood is in the earth. If my father owns heaven and earth, that means everything I need is provided for at my beck and call. Now I know that some of you, you act as if God is taking a loan for your destiny. But if you know that God does not need to take a loan to fulfill your destiny, look at somebody beside you and say, now my papa get him. Some of you didn't say with confidence and boldness. Some of you said, I'm not quite sure. But look at somebody said, now my papa get him. Said <laughs> so God is the possessor of heaven and earth. That's why Jesus is a baby. But the wise men are already bringing resources to him ever before he needs them. If needs are always catching you unawares, you need to check your alignment with divine intelligence. If needs are always catching you unawares, like, ah, ah, this need has come. Find out what you're doing and find out if you're doing it right. Because my Bible says that before we call, he hears us. And whilst we're yet speaking, he grants us that which we've requested. And I've shown you through the Bible, Solomon's temple, Moses' tabernacle, Jesus' life. The resource was already there. Why? Because God is the possessor of heaven and earth. Now, there's a difference between the owner of something. You can own something and not possess it. To own means that you own it or it's yours legally. To possess it means that it's yours experientially. So it's possible to have paid for your house and not to be occupying the house. And not yet be occupying the house. But to be in possession of it means you've paid for it and you've collected it. I pray for everyone who has a pending possession. 
who has something that's already been paid for something that is already theirs something that's already hanging there that you begin to walk in possession in the name of Jesus to God said the silver is mine in case you're mistaken in case you think that the people who said glory and honor come from me let me tell you myself the silver is mine Deuteronomy chapter 10 14 and 17 it says indeed heaven and the highest heavens belong to the Lord your God also the earth with all that is in it everything in the earth belongs to your daddy I hope somebody's rising out of limited living many of us are living the way you've been brought up not the way we've been born again so you lived you grew up rationing everything you never saw your parents buy bags of rice it was always in the Congo you know Congo what do you call it now Derika Congo still exists then they have Derika so because you grew up with that picture even after God blesses you and you can buy the bag of rice for 20,000 naira you will still go and buy the Congo because we don't live out of our covenants we live out of our culture oh my god I need somebody to receive this. Most people don't live out of their covenant. They live based out, out of their culture. <laughs> That's why when they came out of Egypt, God had to circumcise them again to say, I'm rolling away the reproach of Egypt because you've picked up certain things from Egypt that are not yours let me announce to you the God who possesses heaven and earth does not have a plan to see his children begging all the time. possessor of heaven and earth and God shows it through the Bible that people that he raised without anything so for example he takes Joseph without anything because for you to be a slave they strip you of all that you have they stripped him of all that he had and he finds himself in Egypt but in Egypt because his father is the possessor of heaven and earth even in Egypt the resources allocated there found him David goes to the battlefield he goes with a stone and a sling and he sees Goliath he kills Goliath but the trajectory moves him into a place eventually he finds himself in a cave and the Bible says about 400 men watch this about 400 men came together around him where did he get money for 400 men some of you are praying for daily bread and God is saying I've given you capacity for 400 staff Oh my God, who am I preaching to this morning? If the Bible is true, let it be true in my life. Oh, come on, people. If the Bible is true, let it be true in my life. David was on the run. He was a fugitive. He has no home. He has no house. He has no address. But there is something on the inside of a spirit that has the capacity to sustain 400 men. Now, if you know anything about men, men eat a lot and if you know anything about fighting men warriors are often hungry but David without food you have capacity 
capacity to create a system in a cave. I don't know who feels like they're in a cave environment where there is no helper, no support system, no supply, but God of the mountain is the God of the cave. God of the valley is the God of the jungle. God in the field is the God of the desert. That if God is the possessor of heaven and earth, I will lack nothing. Paul said, my God shall supply, not some, all my need according to his riches, not according to the premise of my logic, not according to the economy of my country, not according to the degrees. Let me say it again. How many degrees did Abraham have? Let me even prove to you. How many of you are using your degrees right now? Oh, come on. Let's think about it. Even in America, one research shows that only 27% of people who graduate work with their certificates as in, in line with what they studied. And out of the 27%, less than 60% are fulfilled. God's provision plan is bigger than your certificate. Only seven people heard what I just said, Dami. I said God's provision plan is bigger than your certificate. God is the possessor of heaven and earth. Israel comes out of Egypt and they are wondering, oh, how I wish you were going back to Egypt. Anytime you're wishing you were going back to your past, it's because you don't have a clear picture of your future. They were saying, oh, I wish we had cucumbers and we had garlics and all the stuff from Egypt. But God said, you don't know who you're dealing with just one weed and quail will come out of nowhere just one weed and manna will fall from somewhere I prophesy over this house this morning that there is a release of resources from the north from the east from the west from the south from everywhere particularly for those who are stranded and those who are in difficult and tight places enjoy the release of heaven in the name of Jesus I wish I could get somebody who believes this to go to three people and tell them I receive it I receive it I receive the release I receive oh yeah Jesus had 12 men to feed all the time 12 men to feed all the time how did he come there was a dimension of the provision where you learn to create and that's very important I'll tell you why it's important to learn to create it but there is a dimension of the provision where you don't create, you attract it. The problem with certain people is that those who have not been faithful in creating are eager to attract. But faithfulness in creating gives you the capacity to dispense appropriately what you attract eventually. Yeah. <laughs> but there is a dimension. It says the God owns heaven and earth. Look at somebody say God is great in possession. God is great in possession. Number five, and this is the last one I'll, I'll take today. God is great in his perspectives. God can see what you can't see. God knows what you don't know. God is already in the place you're praying to get to. 
God sees beyond the limits and the confines of natural sight. Just the same way your eyes can see certain things and you need another kind of eyes called the microscope. In some cases, the telescope. To be able to pick out certain signals, God has intelligence beyond the boundaries of your mind. Jeremiah 32 verse 19, it says, You are great in counsel and mighty in work, for your eyes are open to all the ways of the sons of men. Why? He says, to give everyone according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Now, whenever you say the eyes of God in the Bible, like when it says, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro, seeking whom he may show himself strong on their behalf. When you say the eyes of God in the Bible, one of the things you're saying, one primary thing is that he's trying to raise and help the righteous. So the perspectives of God are always designed for your elevation. Oh my God. Get that, get that, get that. That's why Proverbs 3 says to us, do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, what do you do? Acknowledge him. Why? He will direct your path. Why will he direct your path? Because Jeremiah 32 verse 9 tells us that he's going to give to everyone according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Which means that if your heart is right and your doings are wrong, your harvest may be wrong. The labor of the foolish weareth every one of them. For they do not know the way into the city. But the Bible says in every labor there is profit. But they are laboring but there is no profit because they are foolish. Now who's the fool? The one that says in his heart that there is no God. So when the believer does not acknowledge God in his heart, even though he's wise, he's acting as a... But God, I'm doing all I know. That's the problem. You're doing all you know. How about, let's do what I know. But God, I don't understand it. You don't have to understand something for it to work. Do you understand electromagnetism? You don't know you need it for your phone to work? Do you understand radio frequencies? Huh? Do you understand that? Do you understand marine science? Why are you eating fish? So I need to understand the history of, of fish, of the coral reefs in the Indian Ocean. It's the fish! Look at somebody say, eat the fish. God has put the fish on your plate and is saying, obey me. Obedience is proof that I trust the intelligence of God. Obedience is proof that I'm acknowledging the superiority and the supremacy of divine intelligence. God has perspective. Look at what it says. Isaiah 55, you know it from verse 8. It says, for my thoughts are not your in other words, God has a thought on that matter. Oh, let me just go and start a business. Anyhow, anyhow, I thought I thought I am bad past. 
My thoughts, he says, are not your thoughts. This is God speaking. My ways are not your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways. So automatically by taking God's ways, you will be set higher than men who take their own ways. Are you seeing this? You know, sometimes you go to a church or a meeting and they say, obedience is the pathway to promotion, but you don't understand how. This is how. Why? Because when you're obeying, what are you doing? You are entering into God's elevator instead of climbing up on man's stairs. So when it says, my ways are higher than your ways, what's it talking about? I'm standing in front of you right now. I can't see what certain people are doing over there. I know there's some people who are on their phones perhaps and they're actually chatting with their friends. Right now, you're chatting. I can't see because I have one angle, but God is higher and so he sees. Oh, come on people. So that person who is busy chatting, I feel this person is taking notes. And God's like, no, that person is chatting. This is why sometimes it looks like some people are doing nothing and they're getting blessed. It's because from where you're standing, you can't see what they're doing. I feel like preaching this. But from where God is, he's seeing their faithfulness. He's seeing their private sacrifices. He's seeing them paying somebody's school fees that they don't even know. And it looks like all the big deals break loose for them. Because even when you do what you're doing, you take a picture of it and show it on Instagram. And God said, you already got your reward in public. I don't need to reward you anymore. But God looks at the private spaces and he said, Oh, angel arrange something for this one I don't know who it is but God is seeing what you're doing God is seeing what you're doing God is seeing the cry the tears for some of you you're not doing as much as you like to do but God is seeing that too God is seeing the craving and the longing and the desire and the passion and the longing and the thrust on the inside of you and it's going to reward you Amen. Sounded very paralytic. God sees it. So from the Garden of, of Eden, Genesis chapter 1, we find that God is not always moving in one direction. How do I know? There was a river in the garden which had how many streams? Four streams. Then Genesis chapter 3. Cherubim were at the garden and God gave them a flaming sword that turned in what direction? all directions and then what do we find in Ezekiel there was a creature that had four faces so human beings have only one face you can't face front and face the back at the same time so anytime you're about to make a decision the best field of view you have is only frontal But, whilst you're seeing the frontal dimension, God is seeing the other dimensions. Because we see that creature that had four faces in the book of Ezekiel, and then we find a wheel within a wheel. A wheel within a wheel can move in any direction without having to alter its trajectory. 
So when we depend on, can I, can I get three, three people? When we depend on God, when I'm over here, face that direction as come closer to me. No, this way. Back, yeah, back, then feed back me. When I'm about to make a decision, in my human understanding, this is all I can see. This is all I can see. All I see is this guy's fine. Hot. I don't realize that he's hot and he's hot enough to boil my destiny to pieces. The guy, you look at our waist. But the waist might make you a waste. You see a backside, but the question is, will she back you and be on your side when it looks like you're in the backside of life? See these gods, they've changed their perspective because of what I said. Look at somebody say, God can see what you can see. Many times you're only seeing the north of your decision. God can see the east of your decision, the west of your decision, the south of your decision, and you're saying, God, I want it now, 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 now. But God is saying, but God is saying, wait, 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 wait. Because if you get it now, 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 you might waste it now, 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 now. Divinely inspired disappointment is divinely scheduled deliverance. Divinely inspired disappointment or divinely arranged disappointment is divinely scheduled deliverance. God has perspective. All you can see from where you sit at is the back of the person in front of you. You can't see their faces. Now, some of us, we can see everything external, but you can't see the hearts of men. No matter how intelligent you are, you cannot read a person's thoughts accurately all the time. You might get it every now and again, but you can't pick up the internal signals. But God hears the secret conversations of people's hearts. And so many times, the person who's frowning at you is the person you need for your destiny. And the person who's smiling at you is the person you need to avoid for the rest of your days. How will you know it is God? It's I, the Lord, search the thoughts of people. And there are people who have married images of the wrong substance. And so all they have to show are the bouquet of flowers at a lavish wedding party. But they can't tell you how many scars they have to hide under the mascara? You can hide. <laughs> so you can hide under foundation. Let me tell you, it does not matter how many foundations you wear on your face, it's the foundation of the Lord that stands sure. only so God 
God, God has perspective. So my thoughts are not your thoughts, for as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven. What God is saying is that what you will receive later, I already have now. What does it mean? When rain is falling, where does rain fall from? Do you think it's the moment the rain hits you that the water is dissipated? That's not the word. The word is, a, what's the, the scientific word? Precipitated. Or con, no, condensation and precipitation. Precipitate. It's not the same time. What does that mean? When God says, my ways are not your ways, he's saying, I get it before you get it. Rain is released before the earth becomes wet. Rain is released before the earth is, becomes wet. So God's wisdom is in place before your experience. You can avoid by obedience pain that you will experience through stubbornness. God is great in his perspective. Psalm 33, 13 to 19. He says, the Lord looks from heaven. Psalm 33, 13 to 19. The Lord looks from heaven. And I love what it says. He says, he sees how many of the sons of men? Psalm 33, 13 to 19. The Lord looks from heaven and he sees how many? All of the sons of men, from the place of his dwelling, he looks on all the inhabitants of the earth. He fashions their hearts individually. He considers all their works. So it doesn't matter. Everything matters. God is watching. So don't worry. I'll bribe God. By the way, the Bible says that God doesn't take any bribes. I'll read it to you maybe next week. He considers their works. It says, no king is saved by the multitude of an army. A mighty man is not delivered by, the, by great strength. A horse is a vain hope for safety. Neither shall it deliver any by its great strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him. On those who hope in his mercy to deliver. I said earlier, whenever you said, I have the Lord, you're going to see scattering of wickedness or deliverance of the righteous. He says, to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. So he's saying that when God's eyes on you, when God is dropping light in your direction, when the light of his countenance, when the word is coming, when direction is coming, he wants to deliver your soul from death. And I don't know who this one is for. But if there is a job opportunity and there is a restraint in your spirit, there is a nudging that is saying no, 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 no. You might want to pay attention to that because that might be God delivering your soul from death. And death is not always physical. There are people who have taken jobs and it was career suicide. Because it took them three and a half years before they realized that they were on the wrong track. Look at somebody and say, God is great in this perspective. Luke 12, 47, last scripture I'm going to read. And I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body. And after that, have no more than they can do. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him 
who after he has killed has power to cast into hell yes I say to you fear him are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins and are not and not one of them is forgotten before God but the very hairs of your head are all numbered do not fear therefore you are of more value than many sparrows God is saying that my perspective is so robust and so full that I take note of even the sparrows there's the song we won't sing and I sing because I'm happy eyes on the sparrow if God's perspective is robust enough to take to cognizance the birds of the air what are birds birds are so vulnerable and delicate have you ever driven a car and you drove over a bird before or you've seen that happen that flew into something and got caught or got killed if God's perspective is robust enough to accommodate a bird that can be shot down by an angry hunter or struck by lightning or run into electric fence. Can I tell you something? That God's eyes on you. And I don't know the person that might feel so small and tiny and insignificant like, well, nobody notices me. God says my eyes on you. And if you're God's eyes on you, you're in God's spotlight. You're in God's spotlight. God is able to see. See, God's perspective is so robust and that's why some of you right now, all you see about your life is that frontal thing. God, this bill. God, this job. God, this wife. God, this children. But God has seen nations behind you. It's seen concepts and products and programs and spaces all around you but you have a narrow perspective of your life and your future and your dreams and your destiny and even what you call a big dream is just a tiny drop of possibility in God's vast reservoir I want us to just pray in a minute Lord broaden my perspective of your greatness you know God took Abraham out you remember he told Abraham, come out of your tent, and then he showed him the stars. People write their CVs on paper. God showed Abraham his CV in the sky. Look at the stars. I make them. Look at the sand. They're here because I created them. Broaden my mind. There is a reason God has to take us through this process before we talk about our personal greatness we must come to the acknowledgement why was David so great have you thought about why David became so great because David was obsessed with God he was so obsessed with God he would write God poems and songs and talk about God and when you're obsessed with the greatness of God it translates into your greatness we become the likeness of that which we behold consistently that's what happens and when you're thinking just about yourself and your greatness and your needs and your issues you start shrinking come on somebody pray right now 
you start shrinking but God wants to expand your mind but God wants to expand your mind broaden your perspective for many of us our minds are too small and I'll tell you what one of the problems is your country is one of the problems you might not know it but the average American five-year-old is so bold and so confident the average 25 Nigerian is intimidated by almost everything Go to Asia and Japan, seven-year-olds, eight-year-olds, designing games and software and not second-guessing themselves. But in Nigeria, 31, 32, you're still anxious about the proposal. But you're not a Nigerian first. You are, first of all, a, a child of the kingdom. Lord, broaden my mind. The Bible says, cast not away your confidence, which has a great recompense of reward. Do you know what that means? A lot of your life's rewards, Fidel, are connected to your confidence. Can you imagine that, Oge? A lot of life's rewards are connected to your confidence. Why have you not done that thing? Is it not because a part of you is saying it won't work? Do it! Even if it does not work, you will learn what doesn't work about it. If you feel the breath of God, the strength of God in your spirit, push! In that direction God's perspective is broader than your bank account if I was thinking about what I had materially or environmentally or culturally the 180 200 people who have come this Sunday morning would not be here anywhere individuals that is you will not be here I'll be hiding my head somewhere trying to look for help but I learned as a teenager teenage years ago that my life was not about me and that the smallest perspective I will have is a perspective of myself but if I keep my gaze on Elohim Yeshua Mashiach the Meshach Lando Kosi Endoba if I keep my face on you you be, keep bringing more out of me you keep bringing more out. You bring love out of me. You bring the fruit of the spirit out of me. You bring messages out of me. You bring books out of me. You bring e-books out of me. You bring songs and lyrics and melodies out of me. You bring companies and training programs out of me. Because you are the one who put it there. I don't know the way to the depths of my potential. But my creator knows. My maker knows. And if I focus on him. My assignment this last two Sundays has been to show you the greatness of God. Only hope and pray that you're seeing more of it by the day. The next two Sundays we'll look at God's greatness in you and your greatness in God. And how you uncover, unlock, unplug that greatness. Whilst Moses was running away, don't forget... Let me show you something quickly as you pray, remain prayerful. But if you check the timeline of, of Moses' life, baby, three months or six months? Is it three months? I think three months or so. He was crying. Keep on playing softly. He was crying. He was here. If somebody had looked at the baby Moses, say, hey, yeah, vulnerable guy. Amongst the reeds of the river Nile, bobbing here and there on some kind of cane structure. 
that could sink anytime. One crocodile, Moses is gone. But God's purpose cannot be devoured. So before Pharaoh's daughter sees Moses, God wants you to rest in him. Then when you rest in him, help will come. God doesn't want you to run after help because your heart will go awarring. That will be spiritual adultery. He wants you to repose in him. When I understood this principle about eight years ago, I mean, I wish I could transfer what I know to you, but the way you transfer in the spirit is teaching and prophecy. Prophecy imparts, teaching explains. And you need both of them. Prophecy downloads it to you. Teaching helps you understand what has been downloaded. And that's why I do both. So whilst Moses is in that place, he can't even think to protect himself. God stirred up Pharaoh's daughter and said, go have a bath. God can speak languages you don't understand to people who can only hear those languages. All of a sudden, Pharaoh's daughter was feeling sort of sexy or something. Called a bevy of girls, let's go have a bath at the river Nile. Do you know how long the Nile is? Do you know how long the Nile is? Check it, it's the longest river in Africa. Why did Pharaoh's daughter, why was she having her bath close enough for Moses to be seen? Because God is at work pulling the different pieces of your life together. He knows who needs to see your WhatsApp update at what time. He knows the mood they need to be in. He knows the clients you need. He knows the client that will not pay. But you need that client who will not pay. So that you can be in another place to tell your friend about the client that will not pay. So that whilst you're talking to your friend, somebody that is the door opener for your destiny meets you there. Do you know what happened to me two or three days ago? Where's Kenneth? Kenneth, what happened the other day? I walked into a meeting and I met somebody. I can't mention the person's name. Some of you might know later. That people will be dying to meet. Because I went, I just felt a nudge and I told somebody, let's meet at this one so place. And it so happened that this great man was coming into that space at that time. The Bible says the steps and there was a moment of impartation that has altered the course of my life. And by the way, it was not money. And money is very inferior to what happened. The man gave me something that he labored for in the spirit. Money can buy that. Money... If people were to line up, if, if people were to line up to see him, to be a very, very, very long queue. But the word says the steps of a good man are ordered by God. What do you order? Isn't that something you desire that you order? God orders your steps like you order clothes. God wants to use your steps to prove a point, to enter into places. So whilst Moses was a, a baby boy there, God could see it. God doesn't live in time, so he sees time like a movie. All of your life is like a slim slice in a timeline of eternity. So God could see Moses as a six-month-old, and he could see Moses at 40 years trying to make his own destiny happen, which is the next great temptation. When you begin to feel the urge of destiny, you want to make it happen. You want to write the book somebody's writing. You want to do a program. You want to do that one, but you are still not there because at that stage, you are being led by your vision instead of being led by God. <laughs> One day I'll teach on the stages of, of vision. And God could see Moses at 80 years. 
whilst people are retiring, Moses was getting started. Some of you feel like you're behind schedule. I can see some people crying and tears. It's all right. Some of you feel like you're behind schedule. Let me tell you, you are not behind any schedule. Paul was one of the oldest apostles. But see what God did with his life. Two-thirds of the New Testament. Do you know that one book can change your entire life? One song? One sermon? Ask Bishop Jakes. Human that loose. Boom. Lord, broaden our perspective. And you know what? For some of us, the true greatness of our lives will not happen whilst we're on earth. <laughs> what, what I mean is the proliferation. I read sermons by Charles Spurgeon. He died over a hundred years ago. Smith Wigglesworth. Don't forget the signs are what people see. The wonder is what they need. God says, I will make you a sign and a wonder. Father, broaden our perspective. Moses the murderer, it's not over. Wonders will still be done through your life. I sense a destiny anointing in the house this morning. Sitting on this very simple teaching. I sense like something is moving inside somebody's spirit. Some of you can feel it as a fire in your heart, in your belly, in your back, around your waist. Some of you can see tears pouring down your eyes. This room is pregnant with destiny. God's got angles, perspectives. Moses, what you struggle to make happen for you, I will do through you with ease. So Moses moves from being led by his parents into the Nile and being led from Pharaoh's daughter into the palace and being led out of the palace by his passion and then being led into the wilderness by his persecution until he meets the presence and then the presence guides him. Some of you have been led by your parents, you've been led by your problems, you've been led by your passions, you've been led by your persecution. God said, I want to lead you by my presence. Yay! And when you're led by his presence, it's just easy. is pregnant with destiny if only you will see yourself the way God sees you Esther you are not the orphan little child at the mercies of Mordecai you are God's special agents planted in Shushan the palace to bring deliverance to hundreds of thousands of Jews 
some of you, you've been asking God, God, what is my gift? What is my talent? Can I present something to somebody? For some of you, your presence is your present. Your being there is your gift. You are just there. You know how to be there. That's your gift. So you've been looking for singing and writing and building and counseling. And God said, no, you are the gift. You just bring life into a space. You're the gift. There's somebody. And who's that person I'm speaking to? Raise your hand. Who's that person who's been praying? You, you just feel like, I don't have the kind of gift. Who's that person? I don't have the kind of gifts that others have. God is saying to you, there's a word for you guys. You are the gift. God will slide you into the right place at the right time. Some of you are like that Egyptian slave. We may not even know your name, but without you, David will not win that battle. You are that guide, you are the tall guide who knows the conquests of humanity, who knows the pathway of the corporate world and you know how to connect and introduce people. you've spent your years and your life serving and pouring into other people taking care of somebody in your house who's sick who's ill dad mom brother sister cousin you've you've been playing the role of caregiver 
who are those people just praise you you've been given care given care given care and you feel like uh, quote waste of time father we pray for all of those hands and all of those people right now Orlando mando hasi otaku hey patata turasis in the mando rosaria tabiko pokontolin de dadobi pikaku peliosopatas the proclamation of recovery 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 you are going to pursue you are overtaken you are recovering all you pursue you overtake you recover all jonde basule bayande de de kuletieta zoria tabashke bruto kolian baradabasis viba tange do rokopila talabuzis strong destiny oil in this house this morning Father will bless everyone in this house Bolata batatorus bruto bolia sidamandus shiva balatore sekida thank you father we bless all the women in the house i don't want to break the flow but we bless the women particularly for the women with wells i see many women with wells and those wells are about to break forth into fountains your wells will no longer be blocked and covered i hear rehoboth 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 i hear rehoboth 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 i hear rehoboth 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 Sato Terebatosias. There is somebody you feel like Rahab. You feel dirty and you feel used. You feel this person. You've had some kind of sexual issues in your background. But hear you the word of the Lord. As surely as I used Rahab to preserve my people, I am cutting off your past and I'm renewing your future and I'm using you as a preserver of families. I hear preservation as a part of your purpose. You are a preserver. You are a preserver. You are a preserver. You are salt. You are salt, Mekoliatabasi. You are salt in the name of Jesus. I speak to everyone who's been wounded. I see somebody with a wound in the soul. It's a hole in the soul. And I speak to that wound be healed in the name of Jesus. Bless the women with fruitfulness. Conceive and bring forth conceive babies and bring forth conceive ideas and bring forth conceive joy and bring forth <laughs> we want to go higher we want to go higher than before take us higher take us higher than before we want to burn hotter We want to burn hotter than before Make us hotter Make us hotter than before Fire, yeah, 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 yeah Fire, yeah, 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 yeah. Fire, yeah, yeah. 
us hotter, make us hotter than before. Make us hotter than before. Make us hot with your fire, in your fire, let it burn. Make us hotter than before. Holy fire, holy fire, let it burn fire, yeah, 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 yeah. Fire, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We proclaim newness, freshness, 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 freshness. You are not stale. You are not old. You are not broken. You are not frustrated. You are whole. You are fresh. What you saw, what happened to you, what you went through was just one perspective. God sees the full picture and how everything fits perfectly into the best selling story that is right with your life. And God will thank you. For your greatness been revealed even in broken parts and places that you are the possessor of the ends of the earth and your perspective is supreme and complete and whole and entire blessed be your name O god in jesus name we've prayed glory to god the generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings to join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this how.